Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to another edition of Marketing the Invisible. My name is Tom Poland, and joined today by Jeremy McCliver. Jeremy, g'day, sir. Welcome. Where are you hanging out? Welcome. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh-huh. Oh, where do you take your sinuses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it used to be an advertising thing like 50 years back. It shows you how old I am. For those of you who don't know Jerry, he's involved in an extraordinary company called Traction. He's led multiple companies in construction, automotive, and service industries. And under his leadership, companies have doubled in size, attracted top talent, which is part of what we're going to be talking about, increased profitability, and won best practice places in the workforces. Pretty extraordinary. A diverse range of industry, a long and experienced and illustrious career. More importantly for us, Jeremy's going to give us the real oil on how to get a grip on your business in just seven minutes. So, Jeremy, thanks for being here. Question number one, I'm going to start with a little timer now, is who's your ideal client? Yeah, so Tom, I'm looking for those blue-collar companies that are growth-oriented, results-focused, that are more afraid of the status quo than they are of change. So they're willing to change, do whatever they need to but they're also willing to be open, honest, and vulnerable with their team, with their leadership team, typically between 10 and 250 employees, and they just want business to be easier than it is. I am going, wow, already. We are in the presence of someone who knows his marketplace and also knows how to articulate the marketing of the marketplace. Jeremy, impressive stuff. First off, folks, I know we're listening to this going, is that me? But you want to take a heads up from Jeremy on how he just described his target market. Because if you can get that sort of clarity, that's a big step towards getting your lead generation happening. Let's go to question number two, six minutes left. What's the problem you solve, Jeremy? Yeah, so I help solve accountability, clarity, and getting the team aligned on where they're actually going and making sure that everybody in the organization is crystal clear on that and how they affect it. That's the problem that I solve. So you've got everyone in the organization crystal clear on what their part is and how collectively they're going to get the growth. Okay. Yeah. So every employee, if you have 250 employees, all of them know exactly this is where our company is going and this is what I do in my seat to help that team go. Wow. So question three, five and a half minutes left. What are some of the typical symptoms that a leader of a business like this is going to be experiencing with that problem before they find your solution? What's going on in their business in their life? Yeah, so a couple of things can be going on. First of all, one, profit can be low or customer satisfaction can be low. And it's typically because there's just, they feel stuck. They keep trying everything. Nothing's working. They feel like they've hit a wall. Things are harder than they should be. And they're actually sometimes wondering, does the business own me or do I own the business? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what they're feeling at the time that they're ready to implement what we got. Right. So that's kind of not in control. It's not predictable growth and feels a bit like the tail's wagging the dog. Thank you. Yeah, and the, which causes the results to not be exactly what they know it should be. Someone once described it as feeling like they were a pinball in a pinball machine and they wanted to be the flippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a good way to describe it right there. Question number four, and just over four minutes left, what are some of the common mistakes that your ideal clients have made before they find your solution? Because we're talking about smart people or growth oriented. They're going to try stuff, but they're not going to get it right. So what are some of those common mistakes? Yeah, so they're smart people. They're growth oriented. They've had a lot of success. Probably the biggest mistake that they make 
is really becoming vulnerable with their team. Sometimes they'll ask for input and their actions and the way they respond causes that to be squashed. So wow. they ask for it and then they react in a way that no one wants to give it. Like, and now we tried that two years ago. It didn't work. It's a stupid idea. Next. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so then everybody puts their hands down no one, yes, and they exactly keep working right. along and can't figure out what's holding them back. They wonder why and, the room goes quiet. <laughs> and their team's got the answer. And, and then they complain, my team don't act like they own the business. I wish they, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's your action, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Question number five, and we've got just over three minutes left. What's one valuable free action that a leader of a business like this could take? It's not going to solve the whole problem, but it might take them a step in the right direction. Yeah. So if they ask three questions to their direct reports, what should we start doing? What should we stop doing? And what should we keep doing? Oh, I love that. And don't respond to them positively or negatively. Just seek to really understand all three of those. What should we stop doing? What should we start doing? What should we keep doing? Beautiful. Start, stop, keep. Oh, there's gold in that one. Thank you, sir. Question number six, two and a half minutes left. What's one valuable free resource that we could direct people to that's going to help them even more? Yeah. So if you go to bluecollarculture.com forward slash unmasked, we actually have seven questions that all of your employees should be able to say an emphatic yes to. And if they can, you will have employee engagement. You will be getting that drive, that push from them that makes them feel like owners. Perfect. And question number seven, two minutes left. Take your time. What's the one question I should have asked you but didn't? Yeah, so why did I write the book Unmasked when there's already a book that explains what I do? Good question. So why did you write the book Unmasked when there's already a book that explains what you do? Yeah, so I wrote the book Unmasked because if you think about a sales call, we're always trying to get past the gatekeeper because that's where we're going to get the close. Yet so often when we're building a team, we don't think of the interview process as the gatekeeper that's going to protect the team that we're trying to build. Mm. And so I put a special emphasis on how do we let people in or make sure people don't come in to build the right team. I found that that was a missing piece in it all. Perfect. Yes, indeed. Missing piece in the puzzle. Specific unmet need. So, folks, the website is www.bluecollarculture.com forward slash unmasked. And I believe you've got another book coming out, something about hiring. We do, but that's top secret. We'll tell you about that when it comes out. (laughs) We have an entire system out of it. We have it. It's working great, but wait till the book comes out. Follow us. Go to Unmasked and you can join. Yeah, you weren't supposed to know about that That, one. That book shall remain masked. Oh, yeah, that one's masked, not unmasked. (laughs) That's the next interview because a little little birdie told me about it and it sounds terrific. So I look forward to that. (laughs) Something else to look forward to, folks. Jeremy McCliver, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com.